gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet. Hello everybody and welcome to this, the first Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet podcast of 2020. I'm your host, Steve Wilson, and today we're going to be talking about the best wrestlers of the last 10 years, so from 2010 to 2019. Before we get started off with a brand new year here on the podcast, just a little bit of housekeeping to start us off. You can find us on all your social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Suplex Retweet. You can find all our back catalogue on any good podcasting site that's on iTunes, Spotify or anything else and you can also find us on Patreon uh, for extra bonus content which is varies from free to a small subscription of upwards from $4 a month. Right, now that's all for me, it's time to introduce my panel for this brand new year. First of all we've got me being very inventive with my introductions this week, it's a, it's a new year, give me some time. First of all it's Scott McLeod. It's a new year, yes it is. Damn it, you stole my line. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, a, a gold star for you early on there. Thank you, thank you. Uh, David, don't worry, just say it as if Scott didn't say it, or we can go with that, go for it. Cool. Uh, yes, of course, there's David Hockney. It's a new decade, yes it is. Copying Scott as per usual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I changed, I changed one word, so... Yes, one word. It original. Yeah, tell that to anybody else who's had copyright issues. <laughs> <laughs> and there's Sarah Grief. Hi, everybody. How's it going? Yeah, it's not too bad. I'm not going to do the whole it's a new year, decade, etc. because that's just been done to death now. <laughs> I know. We're only two minutes into this podcast <laughs> for the year and we've already mucked something up to death, you know. <laughs> and of course, we have Kwaku Ajay. It's a new done to death. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, this is going to be so, this is going to be fun. <laughs> yes, so that's, that is our panel today, and we are going to be here to talk about the best wrestlers of the past decade. I know you may be thinking we're in a new decade. Why are you talking about the last decade? Well, we do things a wee bit differently than normal. That's the only thing. That's the only way I've got for it. Um, so essentially, the panel and some of the other guys from the podcast. Uh, right, gave their one to ten of the best wrestlers of the last decade. So first of all, the guys on the show are going to give their number one, and why they voted them number one, and then we're going to talk about some of the guys who didn't quite make the top of the list of overall, and then we're going to obviously go through our best of the decade. So I'm going to start with Scott on this one. Scott, justify your top number one wrestler of the decade and why you picked them at number one. Well, my number one wrestler of the decade was Daniel Bryan. Because okay. I was thinking about all the reasons as to why I was ranking people and where I was. And I was thinking if some guys are up there for these moments they were involved in, some guys are up there just for the sheer quality of their matches. Whereas Daniel Bryan, I think, perfectly encapsulates both of those things where he's had countless great matches across the whole decade. But he's also been involved in some of the biggest moments of the decade, like being involved with Team Hell No, he was in one of the biggest storylines against the Authority leading up to WrestleMania 30. There was retirement and the whole return from retirement, and then he played a part in the big Kofi Kingston storyline. So I think just for a sheer impact, both wrestling-wise and in terms of stories he's been involved in, I think Daniel Bryan has been one of the premier guys of the entire decade. 
Uh, yeah, Dave, um, you had Daniel Bryan as your number two. Do you agree with a lot of what Scott said? Obviously, not yeah. enough to put him as your number one. Yeah, no, Scott made. I think Scott's pretty much took the words right out of my mouth. Like Daniel Bryan was a very close number one for me, but I think when we get to the person I've picked, I think it just edges it based on not just what they did inside the ring, but also how much of a cultural impact they had like across the world. Right, okay. Um, Sarah, I didn't make your list, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I, I completely forgot because he was out for a long time. You forgot like. about DB. You forgot about DB. Wow. Can we, can we put that as an early contender for botch of the year? No. No, not really. Not that bad. Should I put Christian at number ten? Yeah. You know, Christian didn't really do much in the last decade. Christian's still my favourite. He deserves to be on that list. I don't uh, care. Alright, so your reasons for forgetting Daniel Bryan were not <laughs> of not having a one, it was simply that you forgot about Daniel Bryan. It was hard to pick Ted! <laughs> Leave me alone! Quacky, you did pick up number two as well. Please. Yes, I did. Uh, were your reasons similar to Scott's and... Yeah, similar, like, um, in terms of uh, wrestling, that's always happened, like, investment in, even when he was retired at that point. He still had a lot of buy-in, still had a huge impact when he was general manager of SmackDown, which was arguably the most successful time of SmackDown in the decade. Mm-hmm. So you can't really argue with that on that front as well. No, I think that's a fair play to say. A lot, uh, Daniel Bryan features quite heavily in a lot of the lists and we'll probably talk to him about him a bit more later in the show. Kwaku, uh, while we're on there, uh, what, tell us about who you picked at number one and your reasons for picking he or she. Yeah. Yes, so I picked Chris Jericho. My reasons? Why not? Discuss. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Sarah, I'll go back on to you in this one because you did have him on your list, Le Champion. Le Champion, I did have him on my list. Uh, uh, Could you understand the reasons why Chris Jericho would be featured quite heavily in a lot of people's lists? I mean, let's just face it, Chris Jericho's the GOAT. So, (laughs) uh, like, you can't really not have him on these kinds of lists, especially, like, he is one, he is like the veteran right now, like the veteran that's still going and that can still convincingly go. Yeah. But he's been heavily involved in pretty much anything that has been going on in the past 10 years. I mean, he's had incredible feuds leading into WrestleMania. He's been featured heavily in Japan. I mean, he's the champion of AEW right now. So, and he managed to, he managed to make, you know, a whole champagne brand out of <laughs> a five minute promo that he completely did not have scripted <laughs> why, why not for me like a big thing to highlight by chris jericho you know how a lot of people try and keep themselves relevant and we applaud them for keeping themselves relevant this guy's kept himself the top person not just relevant but the top person the guy's managed to get a clipboard over he's managed to get a scarf over and now he's got champagne over goat end off mm-hmm. <laughs> uh scott you had time as your number two on your list yeah it was very, like, when David said about Daniel Bryan being a close number one, it was very similar for me with Chris Jericho, and that Jericho was very nearly my number one. Mm. I think he definitely deserves to be up there in the top, like, when you talk about the top ten, he definitely deserves to be up there. But I think, for me, it was just a few of the reasons that I laid out that Daniel Bryan prevented Jericho from being number one. But I definitely agree with him why someone else would have him as number one, because, like, he started the decade winning a world championship and he's ending he ended the decade as a world champion and both times it made complete sense it was completely believable 
and so many times people thought oh, he's, he's done now, he's a veteran, he's a part-timer and he's managed to turn so that he's, he still has a lot to give. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dave, you also had them on your list, not quite as high as some of the other guys on the, here there. Yeah. What's your thoughts about Jericho in the last 10 years? What's really impressed me the most about Chris Jericho is the fact he continuously reinvents himself because when he returned in 2012 with the whole light-up jacket and stuff, you know, he thought that was one uh, apparition of him, but then later on he introduces the scarf, the list, uh, he goes to New Japan against Kenny Omega and now he's uh, Le Champion. He's, he's, like a, he's, he's got a different character for almost every sort of few years, so he continuously evolves not just with his character but how he sort of carries himself in the ring and so yeah the longevity behind it is definitely what Jer- makes Jericho a strong contender mm-hmm. David you're continuing your mantra as the U, uh, U Japan expert on this <laughs> podcast <laughs> with that expert knowledge of Kenny Omega unofficially yeah uh-huh. uh, Dave obviously you've not went for a U Japan wrestler as your number one choice for the mm-hmm. decade uh, can you give your justifications with the wrestler that you picked as number one yeah, I've kind of, well, some would argue I played it safe for this one, but I have gone with John Cena because I don't think there's been any superstar for a very long time that has had such a, a universal capturing of the imagination quite like Big Match John because even from the very start of the of the decade, you know, he was having a high-profile feud with Batista in which then Batista would sort of end his sort of continuous run. And then he would uh, he would wrestle main event WrestleMania like numerous times against The Rock, The Miz, and a few other sort of big names as well. But it was mostly sort of around the middle of the decade. I think that's when Cena really sort of turned over a new leaf with his role as United States Champion and introducing the Open Challenge, because by that point he was basically the established veteran now trying to highlight the the new and exciting talent that they were bringing to the scene such as kevin owens daniel bryan roman reigns as well like a lot of them probably wouldn't be where they are today if it wasn't for a nudge from big match john and it's not just the ring he's been involved in as well he's been involved with hosting reality tv shows he's been a part of total divas total bellas and he's closing the decade out as a as a as a rising movie star so you Mm -hmm. could say he's really done it all and as maintained a lot of high profile feuds throughout the entire decade but at the same time he's also had absolute gems of matches such as money in the bank 2011 against cm punk mm-hmm. see i think uh, dave summarized that one pretty much to a t about john cena's potential as the best of the decade yeah um <clears throat> i was i was probably def- i would actually definitely agree with that i mean i had john cena at my number two like he very very just beat out like well lost out on the number one spot in my in my list um it's it's really hard to argue because john cena was the face of wwe most people still associate him as the face of wwe um so i think putting him like quite high on the list is, it makes total sense Mm-hmm. Uh, Quack, you didn't include John Cena at all in your listing. No. Do you have any particular reasons, or did you just forget he existed like Sarah did with Daniel Bryan? <laughs> I mean, well. well. It's hard to remember he exists when you can't see him. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why, that's why I couldn't see him. Well, because uh, my list was done very selfishly, because I was thinking about, like, for me, what wrestling has done for me in the past decade. Mm-hmm. Now, the time when John was big, big John and whatever, I was on a hiatus for rest, watching wrestling. 
yes, of course, I knew of what he was doing and stuff, but I wasn't. That, and it's not because of John's fault. I say John like he's my pal. Well, he does follow me on Twitter. <laughs> he follows the whole world on Twitter now, apparently. But anyway, um, so it wasn't like I just forgot about John. That should be the next song. It was just literally a case of the time I watched John Cena properly, it wasn't his high high time, so that's why I didn't include him in my list. Hmm. Uh, Scott, I think I think it'll be John Cena. I think obviously in the last few years he's became a lot more a part time wrestler. He's obviously went off to do Hollywood. It's probably a reason why a lot of people would forget about him when it comes to picking their top guys in these last ten years. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have him probably as high as some of the other guys. Like I had him at number seven on my top ten. And part of that is because the last couple of years, obviously, he's had that part-time status. He didn't compete in a pay-per-view match throughout the entirety of 2019, which is, I think, the first year we've had a full mm-hmm. year where John Cena didn't compete on pay-per-view, mm-hmm. probably since his, his debut. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the decade old, I think the fact that Cena has been such a top guy, he's been in a lot of the top moments of the decade. Like, he was in that big storyline with CM Punk in the big match at Mind the Bank 2011. He had the dream match with The Rock. He had the US Open Challenge. I think, weirdly, we'd seen a lot of people criticise his wrestling when he started and the fact that he was always winning. And yet, in the last part of the decade, remember like the US Open Challenge and his feud with AJ Styles, he'd actually started pulling out better matches than he did when he was a top guy initially. And he'd actually started to put a lot more people over, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, some of his matches were great. Dave, you highlighted his match with CM Punk. Obviously, yep. uh, right up there is probably one of the top five matches of the last decade. Absolutely, yeah. it's still my number one match of all time. And you know, Scott mentioned his feud with AJ Styles as well. I mean, what better way for AJ Styles to sort of make his debut year in WWE by getting a, a massive win over John Cena and then go on to become WWE champion? And then, as a sort of the cherry on top for Cena, he wins his 16th world title in 2017 by defeating AJ Styles. So again, that was another reason why I think John Cena is my number one personally, because the fact he's accumulated so many world titles over sort of the last 10 years. And I do remember in, I think it was uh, Elimination Chamber 2010, I think he was on about his ninth world title by that point. So he'd won an extra seven over the course of the decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about AJ Styles, we're now going to Sarah. Uh, Sarah, obviously I gave it away, give it away there. Who, talk about your number one choice and why you picked him. Oh, God damn it, Stephen. <laughs> yes, no, I, I definitely, I, I, I was like, I, I was kind of like half and half when it came to my list. Like, I was like quacky. I was like, I was quite selfish, hence why Christian's on the list. Um, but when I was also sitting like looking back, and I'm like, you, you don't just have to account the WWE. I mean, AJ's been going around. He's actually like he debuted like over 20 years ago, like 1998. So like, he's been going for years and years and years, and. Even though people can maybe argue that he's coming towards the end of it, he still had a fantastic past 10 years in mm-hmm. wrestling. I mean, TNA World Champion, he had um, like his year-long stint as WWE Champion. He was made his debut in the Royal Rumble as well. Like, and that was one of the most massive pops that I have ever heard for either a return or a debut in the Rumble. Because... Mm-hmm. I don't think like, there was like so many rumours that he was making his way to WWE but you didn't actually know he had already signed mm-hmm. or that he was ready to go. Like you had absolutely no idea. And then all of his rivalries as well. Like I can I can't remember like a horrible AJ Styles feud. I mean 
Like it was, he did really well when he was in New Japan. Did really well in TNA. Did really well in the Indies, and he's arguably been incredibly successful since making his way to WWE. And I think that's why that puts AJ at the top of my list, just from like the accomplishments that he's had, just in general, not just in one specific place. Yeah. Uh, Scott Sarah actually summed up really nice. I think the thing about AJ Styles is he's done it in TNA, he did it in New Japan, he did it in WWE. I think that kind of flexibility is why he would probably rank so highly to a lot of people. Yeah, he, he was my number three. He was another close candidate for my number one. Uh, I definitely agree with what Sarah said. You have to think about the whole decade where he started this decade as TNA World Champion. And you think when at the start of 2010, when he was like the flagship guy of TNA, I think it would be impossible for if you told a lot of people by the end of the decade he'll be in WWE and he'll have had two WWE title reigns. People would think, you know, you're crazy. And in this decade, he's now became the only man to hold the TNA, IWGP and WWE World Championships. Like, people have held two of those titles, but nobody's held all three. And AJ Styles is now the only man to do that, which is an accomplishment of itself. And I do agree that we've had talked about how some of these feels like with Kevin Owens and maybe Nakamura didn't live up to their the height, but that's kind of a small part of this long decade and indeed, like I said, the whole career of AJ Styles and the fantastic matches that he's had. Mm-hmm. Uh, David, uh, one thing a lot of people say about AJ Styles, even though he had that long title reign, was he wasn't, didn't really captivate a lot of people, but you still can't argue with a lot of the stuff he's, he's done, especially in his run with WWE, where a lot of people didn't think he was going to hit the same heights he hit in his other promotions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think because there was a lot of fear that uh, AJ Styles was going to get booked in the same way if, say, Kenny Omega was going to be signed to WWE in the same way that he is with AEW. But AJ's definitely been one of the more, not just one of the top competitors, but also one of the more consistent performers of the entire decade. Like, I think one of his most underrated matches I ever saw was uh, against Dean Ambrose in 2016 in the, in the TLC match. Yeah, that, I think that's a severely underrated match. But not just sort of talking about his time in WWE, he's also, you know, he's won the IWGP heavyweight title twice, he was leading the Bullet Club, probably the most talked about stable of the entire of the entire decade. But one thing I will, one fact I would like to point about AJ Styles is every single Royal Rumble pay-per-view he's been in, he's been involved in a WWE title match. Mm-hmm. Right, assuming, like, I don't think that's going to continue to 2020 though, because I think it's most likely he'll end up in the Rumble, but yeah. So, 2016-2019, he's always been involved in a WWE title match at the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. It's very interesting. You need, you've, you've set the bar high on your stats this year, you need to kind of keep that up. Not yeah. down to the, to the that's, lows my, that you've... that's my resolution. I'm, nobody's taking my job away from me this time. Quacko <laughs> uh, again, you didn't include AJ Styles, but you can't I disagree with a lot of the points that the guy's made. No, I, again, like, because I'll be honest, because I, I, obviously I don't watch TNA and I don't watch... New Japan up until Chris Jericho went over to fight Kenny Omega I didn't really know about AJ Styles so I have to base everything on what I've seen at WWE and yes he's had great runs yes he's had great matches but for me in that time in WWE I just feel for what I've seen personally and it's not saying that AJ Styles is rubbish or anything it's just literally it's there were just other people in WWE that have just done more for me in the decade. That's all. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. It, it is a good pick. Uh, oh, yes. Now it's, uh, it's time for my number one choice. Uh, Do we have to? Yes, of course. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I've went for Seth Rollins as my number one. Okay. Uh, shock. If you look at, I know, shock. But I have reasons for it. 
if you look at this the way he started the decade, he went into 2010, he won the Ring of Honor World Championship, went on to WWE, he was the first ever NXT champion, then obviously joined the main roster, did all the everything that he did with the Shield over that two year period to help him and re- put him, him, Ambrose and Reigns together on the map. He then went out on his own, won the money in the bank, had that incredible cash in at WrestleMania 31. He's held the Intercontinental Championship, he's held the US Championship, he's held the WWE Championship, Universal Championship, Tag Team Championship. He has done literally everything. Say what you will about what he does uh, outside the ring or on Twitter and that in the last year, but in terms of a CV, in terms of what he's done in the ring and the consistency he does in putting on matches, I don't think there's many other uh, wrestlers in the last decade who have done more than Seth Rollins. Uh, Dave, you had Seth Rollins as your number four. Yep. Uh, what did you think about him as a potential best of the decade? I think, yeah, Seth Rollins definitely a, a high-ranking wrestler on my on my list. But uh, I don't know, I think maybe he was just lacking a bit of the, the cultural impact that, say, the likes of John Cena, Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles have all had before. But there's no denying he's probably, again, same argument could be said with him and AJ Styles. He's been one of the most consistent performers of the last decade and I know he was sort of sidelined in 2015 with that knee injury so he missed a Wrestlemania but ignoring that I'm pretty sure he's actually won at least uh, I think at least one championship every year bar 2014 I think he has pretty much won near enough everything at that time 2014 not the only one uh, Sarah you didn't have Rollins in your listing is there any particular reason why you didn't go for him or they just didn't cut it compared to your other picks yeah I think like it was really really hard to pick 10 people for the past 10 years it was oh, yeah. like and especially like when you're sitting looking at people's careers and you're just like oh my god everyone's done like so much Mm-hmm. And like, unfortunately, some people just didn't have to make the list. But I can't argue with any points that have been made. Like, he has been incredibly successful from like his run on the Indies to NXT to the main roster. Like, he has been one of the most consistent performers, mm-hmm. and nobody can take that away from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Kwaku is. I think I'll tell a lot of people as well. He's running the shields is obviously something that people revere quite a lot in the last decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely, and he's the one, in terms of storylines and character, he's the one that's been the better booked, if you like, out- outside of the Shield and WWE. Obviously, there's a case to be made with John Moxley now, but certainly within the WWE bookings, although you've built Roman Reigns as the big guy that would always win and stuff like that, who's won Royal Rumble and stuff like that but can you actually say the buy-in was there as much as Seth because Seth has always had a buy-in up until recently he's always had a buy-in whether it's face or heel so there you go yes Scott uh, Kwaku mentions the buy-in there's no bigger buy-in than that moment at WrestleMania 31 with the cash in yeah definitely I think we talk about moments of the decade that's got to be up there I think I may have had Seth Rollins you know, for higher up than most I think I had him at number nine number nine yeah because as like, I agree with what you said like no matter what you think of him personally or his attitude on Twitter like you can't deny the one thing he's always had is consistency like from like 2018 and the start of 2019 like for over a year he was the guy in WWE having the best matches mm-hmm. uh, but I think we said what really stopped me from putting many higher was 
probably the fact that storyline wise he's kind of lacked for me because like yeah the shield was one of the best teams of the decade and the the moment of them him turning was great but the fact that Ambrose didn't get his final comeuppance on Rollins and the fact that they kept putting the shield back together again constantly kind of devalued that for me then he got put in the authority where he had this great indie style moveset but he couldn't really properly utilise it given the fact he was maybe the coward heel mm-hmm. and then the story with Triple H really wasn't what I thought it should have been and I think it was hard for the remit by the injury but I, I, there's some definitely fair points to say I think where a lot of the wrestlers were mentioned there there's a lot of good a lot of highs and a lot of lows and I think that's why we've all made very good cases I think to have them as the number one <laughs> but the big, que- the big question is will any of our choices for number one end up as the number one pick that's what we're here to find out on this particular show so that uh, along with us five four other members of the podcast gave me their list of top ten of the decade we also had picks from Alan McLucas we had picks from Ross McLeod we had picks from Jack Graham and we also had picks from Nathan Fisher so between the nine of us it's a total of potentially 90 points we could get to see who will have come up as the top wrestler of the decade and we actually have compiled a list of 25 which is actually which is actually quite nice like Meltzer's top 25 or the PWI top 25 wait did you have to mention the name I know I know that's going on a list for watch of the year (laughs) (laughs) so we're gonna for the rest of the show we're kind of gonna go through some of the names didn't quite make the top and then go into some of the main names who came up quite top, high up in the actual rankings. So we had two wrestlers who got a point each. We had one from Sarah of Christian. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Christian. Wow. It's Christian. <laughs> Leave Christian alone. Uh, who's who's next? Who's next, Vissera? <laughs> Sarah did have a very good world title win in this decade. Was it? It was this decade. Wasn't it was the start of the decade. Yeah, it was. Uh, yep, 2011, <laughs> yeah. Where they had that. It was a very good feud they had with Randy Orton. Yeah, I, like, mm-hmm. I liked it. Let's just face it, I, I love Christian. So. He got his dues, definitely. I think that's, <laughs> not, I think that's the least to be, we can say. Exactly. Like, uh, it, even though, like, I think it's just because like he won that world title like quite late into his career, that I'm just like, you know what? Screw it. Because... You've also got to remember, like, he was going into um, the decade as the ECW champion at that time as well. So that's another reason why I put him in, because he had actually entered that decade as ECW champion, and he was a good ECW champion. And he had the feud of the decade with Ezekiel Jackson. Yes! Uh, (laughs) Only to to lose it in the last show. And the other wrestler who got... A total of one point came from Alan, and it was Kevin Owens. Oh, mm. so he ranked more. Oh dang! That's the that's the joys of this list. You never know what might happen. Uh, so coming in next with a total of two points, this pick came from just the one person, and it was from Quacku, and it was Bray Wyatt. Yep. Uh, what was your reasons for Bray Quacku on your list? Why not? And I'm surprised you all haven't picked him. I mean. His whole Wyatt family gimmick has just been something so different, something so talked about. And look how over he's got now with the Firefly Funhouse and everything. Undeniable. You can't deny it. See, I, I like his stuff, but I wouldn't say, I wouldn't class him as a top, I wouldn't class him as my top 10 for the decade, though. But he's all, he's throughout the decade, though, 
He's always been a big guy on character and has always had you invested. But has he, he had that? Has, has he not had, he's not had that definitive win, though. I think that's what's really let him down. What are you talking about? Well, not like for the majority of the decade. You know, he plays the spooky character, but only to end up always losing the big feud. So, but, but he's always he's always kept himself at the top of the agenda. Always kept his, kept people invested in him. So to say that he's not won the big one, especially when he's been a world champion twice. I think, I think on the one hand, you look at the fact that he started the decade as Husky Harrison is ending it as probably one of the over guys on the roster and as a world mm-hmm. champion. It's a big accomplishment, but at the same time, I think between like the start of the Wyatt family gimmick on the main roster and the introduction of the Firefly Funhouse, he was very his booking was very stop start, and it really hampered I think a lot of people's investment in him before the start of the Firefly Funhouse, which I think is plays a part in why he wasn't ranked a bit higher. Yeah, well, see, two points for him. Another one who got a very small amount of points, people may argue about this one, next to him with three points, Samoa Joe. Oh. Uh, you got three points, and it came from uh, Ross. Ross has him, he's number eight. Let's move oh. on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's Joe, but yeah, he's quite low in the last day. He's had a lot of injuries back and forward, so. Yeah, he's, oh, not, he's, jo- Joe's he's quite cool. unlucky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one coming in with four points. Uh, he was on the top ten of two of the people, two of the panelists in this particular show, in both Quacku and Scott. It was Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, very solid. Uh, and another one which got votes only from Sarah on the top ten, Randy Orton. Why is people not voting for Randy Orton? Because uh, he can be very boring at times. Yeah, but still, you have to you have to give him his credit. Like he has been. One of the best villains that WWE have ever had. And yes, I think like just the, yeah. past, the past decade has been incredible for him. But, which, which I, cannot, be very... I can't argue with any of that, but he is easily forgettable, as is proven right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's very, that is a thing. It's very easily forgettable. There's just more captivating characters than, well, not to say Randy Orton wasn't a captivating character. I just, for me personally, there were just like many, many other captivating characters across multiple promotions and when you do the numbers, it kind of just sort of etches them out the top ten a bit. Yeah, I think like I think that's definitely why I I voted him quite high on my list, because like I was just sort of looking at the accomplishments and like the things that they've done in te- and like not looking at like character work or all that sort of stuff. I think I just sort of looked at everything that they'd accomplished. I think so, you can say like, about Randy though, he's mm-hmm. he's one of the most selfless wrestlers though, as evident by in twenty seventeen when he happily put over the next big thing in wrestling, Jimmy Mahal. Scott, I swear to God, you <laughs> dare share that man's list on this top wrestler of the decade. Uh, <laughs> I'm a bit pointed gender gear on this. Travesty. Moving on from Randy Orton, we've got our next pick. Who had just the five points, uh, one of which oh, came from surprisingly came from Dave. I thought he would have got a lot more. Was uh, Austin Jenkins? <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't put him at the top of the list. If I'm going to be honest, Dave, you put him well, at number. Ten. You put him at number ten. I know. Dave, well, are you feeling okay? Hello. Yeah, I'm feeling fine. It's just mm. this. This was a little bit selfish, but at the same time, I had to consider like everybody else. So this was kind of like a. 
personal entry, but at the same time, it is justified to an extent because, I mean, he's, he's had like stints as part of Bullet Club and he just, from 2016 onwards, he's been the commanding presence of NXT. Uh, and have you seen like the end of year awards show for for this year as well? He basically yeah. swept the entire board. Yes, okay. he got three awards and you nope, made them four. number 10. Four, four, sorry. He got yep. four awards and you made them number 10. I just I don't see the, the only reason happen. I didn't the only reason I didn't put many higher is because I only really sort of got on the bandwagon sort of much later into the decade. If I if I was you know a bit of an indie fan and watched some of his earlier stuff, I would have put him a little higher. So I think. God, it's, imagine have we ever said that to you before? It's just that lack of exposure that's that's let me down. And but I had to put him in there just because of how personally he was so captivating. Well, what David's saying here is that he never heard of Adam Cole before NXT. I think that's what he's Don't say his name, Scott! He <laughs> didn't get in. He didn't get in, so it's fine. Well, uh, <laughs> Alan, Alan voted him at number seven. Good so, man, Alan. Uh, <laughs> our next two got a total of uh, six votes each. And it's quite fitting because they're currently engaging in a bitter rivalry on NXT. It's Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor. Quacky, you, mm-hmm. had Johnny, you had Johnny wrestling at number eight. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Talk to us a bit. What was your, uh, your reason for Johnny? Again, for selfish reasons and quite right reasons, actually, I would say. Johnny Gargano has been, but undeniably, I mean, he's called Johnny Takeover. To me, takeovers have been the best pay-per-views going in the past uh, how many years but I've been watching takeovers for three years and he's just always been at the top of the agenda top of the either main event or the most talked about guy he put he was the one that put on that match that got me so invested in, in NXT and it was him versus Andrade Cienamas I'll never forget that match mm-hmm. Johnny Takeover Johnny Wrestling number you know, one at, yep you know he's actually had the most nominations and most wins for the NXT end of end of year match of the year awards. Mm. Yeah, three wins, three wins for match of the year, and I believe it. Yeah, nine nominations for match of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Finn Balor with just six vo- uh, six points, is that a surprise? Mm-hmm. He did he make my list. Be up there. <laughs> I mean, given he's working in Japan and then when he came to NXT, because Dave talked about Bill Club being one of the most talked about stables of the decade, and it was Finn Balor that started it. Mm. And then when he came to NXT, this is when NXT was properly taking off and doing the takeovers regularly. So he was one of the first, like, proper, like, flag bearers of NXT. Like, he was the guy who was there for kind of the long haul. He was the longest reigning NXT champion. I think he may have ranked higher for some people if. We've got to see what he, the plans were for him in 2016 before he got injured. He got included in two people's lists. He got included in Allen's at number nine, and I think it was Ross as well at number seven. At uh, number what? Number seven. seven. Very good. Uh, right, speaking of seven, is we've got our next two includings on this list. Uh, one who got voted highly by one person from Sarah, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Mm. She was, he was mm. your number four, Sarah. Yeah, and I don't see why not. Because he's he, he, he's he's good, but he's bland as anything. I don't care. He's, That's he's, my list, and I'm going to stick with it. He's a Japanese John Cena. Just, all, he's, all he's got is the fact that he plays air guitar sometimes. Exactly. 
Oh, so does Kayla Rayleigh. Oh my god. Anyway, he's got amazing hair. He does. <laughs> he does have a nice hair, but that's about it. I'm sorry. I, I don't, no, I don't, no, don't no, know. No, that's not fair. He's a legend in Japan, but I just think he's. I just don't buy it. I just don't see it. Him, you know? his, his hair, honestly, is a thing of beauty. When he came to Honor United in Edinburgh, uh-huh. I was just fixated on that guy's hair. Jeez. <laughs> uh, the other one who got seven votes was the only and the only person that thought to put a tag team in uh, was uh, was it was Nathan who put the Young Bucks in as number four. Ooh. Well, to be fair, I wanted to put in tag teams, but you said tag teams no. I don't say tag teams no. You did? Yeah, yeah, you did, yeah. Yeah, you oh, did. Oh, well, Because I wanted to put Damn in you. New Day and the Ursos, and you said no tag teams. So... Oh, no. Well, we did, do a, we did do a show on tag teams of the decade, which you can listen to on our back catalogue. Mm-hmm. tag teams of the decade. Yeah we, didn't, yeah, we didn't talk about the Young Bucks. <laughs> well, we talked about the New Day and the Ursos. Well then, there's a, by- there's a bylaw in the rules. <laughs> <laughs> the Young Bucks at number seven. <laughs> We're number seven points. Uh, we'll move on now to somebody who got eight points. Maybe a bit of surprise, Brock Lesnar. Uh, see, mm. that's a that's a curious case because I think there's actually a lot of people who would put him quite highly, largely because of, yeah, the Brock Lesnar guy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, see when he actually comes back for like a big pay per view match, like all eyes are on him. I, and just the way, and obviously with his UFC background as well, he it adds a a much more sort of hard hitting approach to WWE's kind of more sort of scripted structure. So I can I can see why people would put him there, but it's just not a reason I would put him there personally. It got I mean, for me. Sorry, Scott. So for me, more than anybody, he was somebody who very very nearly missed out on being on my list, like. He was one of the first like honourable mentions because regardless of what people may think of how he's scheduled and the quality of his match, I think he has had quite a few outstanding matches this year against like the Brian AJ. The fact that he squashed John Cena on pay-per-view was a big moment, and the fact that he again one of the biggest moments of the decade. He ended the Undertaker streak. Like mm-hmm. like him or not, he's been one of the most talked about guys. On WWE and WCV since he came back. Yeah, I think that's fair. He got voted on. He was number nine from Ross, and he was number eight from both Nathan and Jack. So he didn't make any of our, any of the panel here's top ten. Mm. I'd have put it at maybe number twelve. Right, we're talking top ten, not top twelve. I, I know what you mean. I, I'm just saying, real, like theoretically. Hi, right, Dave. While we're talking to you, oh. we're going to talk about our next. We're, we're going to talk about our next person who got right. a total of nine points. And you had him in your number eight position. Yeah, Will Osprey. Yeah, Will Osprey. What? Dave, as a man who doesn't watch independent <laughs> wrestling, why did you vote for Will Osprey at number eight? It's funny to know who Will Osprey is. I had to do a bit of like digging on this as well, but you know, I've seen him like uh, I've seen him perform at Wrestle Kingdom. I've seen him on World of Sport. He is actually. You've from- seen Wrestle Kingdom, Dave. Yeah, I watched that Fatal 4-Way, where I think it was him, Marty Skrull, and I can't remember the other two, but... They're all with Shane Kishida. Thank you. How dare you not know that? But, you know what? 
just watching those couple of matches alone, it may, I can see why he's highly regarded as one of the best British wrestlers like, in the world today, definitely. Well, Dave, you were the only person on the panel who voted Bill Ospreay in the top ten. In the top ten. <laughs> Dave, what the? I bet that's fair though. Osprey, I think we like a new dimension. Mm-hmm. I mean, Osprey's real rise. Dimension. His real rise came in like 2015, maybe even 2016 when he won Best of Super Junior. So yeah. he's been one of the best of the last half of the decade. But I think we think of what some people have been consistent through the entire decade. I think for me at least that's why Osprey fell short. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like Osprey stuff, but I think you made a quite a good point there, Scott. But he's definitely, Nathan voted him in at number five. And then there was Dave who voted him in. And I think that was it. You're definitely the wrestler of 2019, but of the decade, I don't think so. Well, I, think that's, I, think that's a fair, I think that's a fair shout. But uh, Dave, if you did that amount of research on Will Osprey, I'm surprised you didn't do that on Adam Cole for his Ring of Honor run. <laughs> I have got some videos I can show you of like when he joined the uh, Bullet Club. Oh, such an amazing moment. Or when he when they, the Bullet they, Club. Uh, no, when they killed him. Oh, yeah. when cut them I off don't dead, remember. And Marty Scarlett joined. Uh, Sorry that that sense book has sounded very serious indeed. I've got some videos I could show you. Like, <laughs> I beg your pardon. Well. Wait, get joke. some detergent in your brain and mouth, Scott McLeod. I know, we'll wash his mouth out with soap next show he's mm-hmm. on. Right. I don't know what you do with that large cable package of yours. Okay, moving on. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're now entering. We're now entering double figures. <laughs> oh, don't say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> and we get our first female entry to the list. Uh, one of only two female entries on this list. Uh, with thirteen points is Becky Lynch. Mm-hmm. And she got included at number seven by Quacko. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to us about your reasons for Becky. Right. So. Uh, the decade thing I tried to apply a thing of how how much impact they've made over the full decade so counting in from 2010 now it could be argued that Becky didn't make as big an impact early on in the 2010s than the 10s however the impact she's made in the last two years has just been so big that you cannot deny it what that woman has done to be the top person period, the top person period in WWE she should be getting on any list going in my opinion uh, But the, the person who ranked her highest was Alan at, at number 5 didn't make the list of neither me or Sarah she wasn't on your list, Stephen. I thought you'd be number one on your list. <laughs> mm. Well, Stephen wouldn't even go and see her when she's in Glasgow, so... Um, she's not on my kinda... list either. I'm not what, sorry? She's not on my list either. Yeah, but you're not, not you're not the Becky Lynch fan club. Yeah, you're not the fan club, Dave. I mean, for so. me, we talk about like, the men and women that are in this, top, like, this list overall. For me, I think someone like an AJ Lee deserves to be in it more than Becky Lynch does, because personally... Rebecca, because she was in ring up until 2018, she I did I had very little interest in her as a character because she didn't really do anything. I have to agree with Scott. You know, I mean, she was just kind of there until up to about you know 2017, and then it was only 2018 when she finally peaked. I mean, given the impact, you know, Quacky made an excellent point. The the mm. she peaked and she took the world by storm. Absolutely, I think it just, she just peaked a little too late. And I think that's why she didn't really make my cut. Uh, that's fair. 
some very fair points here. Uh, uh, our, next, our next including got a total of 15 points. He's a guy who made a lot of headlines in the first half of the decade, less so in the second half for reasons that are obvious when I say his name. CM Punk. Mm-hmm. With, with a total of 15. Uh, I think, I'm trying to see who actually rated him the highest on our list. Oh, it was Sarah, actually, I think. Had him at six in, in terms of the panel. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> He had it was it's like yeah the first half of his the first half of the career absolutely amazing and I think like you can't go wrong with picking CM Punk I mean yeah it's is MMA stuff we'll just forget that ever happened yeah. um, but it's also the fact like I was sitting looking at um, not only like his wrestling accomplishments but he's also been like acting as well. And like I don't know if you've seen his film The Girl on the Third Floor, but it is terrifying. And he uh, is amazing at it. I can't see I've ever watched the CM Punk film. Oh no, oh. if you if you ever get a chance to sit and watch it, because it only came out this year, it came out like last year, but it's a terrifying film and he's incredible in it. Like I think acting is probably like the one thing that's apart from wrestling, that was his strong suit. So I think that's why I was just like, you know what? I I, I love I lo- that's why I picked him to be quite high. I see. I like him as well. I had him at my number seven, but I think I kind of went, I kind of swayed a wee bit because I thought, well, in terms of overall decade, he had that. It's a kind of similar argument I had with the Becky thing, you know, in terms of longevity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was the same as well. Like, I mean, sure, he had you know decade-defining moments such as the pipe bomb and his obviously his feud with John Cena and his the sixth longest WWE Championship reign in history. But again, it's I think due to like the fact that he was he abruptly left after the start of 2014, and I think he's only ever really been kept alive purely because of fans uh, basically throwing disdain at promos or segments they don't like. So um, again, it's just again it's, it's the Becky argument just in reverse. I think he just left too soon, and the longevity sort of died down with it. I think I'd, I'd agree with that. In terms of the fact that he's been kept like, kind of by fans who are kind of would chant his name when there was a thing that they didn't like. For me, all of the CM Punk's like moments, uh, the first half of the day, he kind of been kind of felt less impactful for me because of the fact that he had the pipe bomb. But then since then, everybody seems to on the Indies or in WWE tries to do a similar style of workshop promo, and then and I hate the fact that every time someone cuts that style of promo, someone always has to go. Well, they cut their version of a pipe bomb. Like, no, we shouldn't associate with that. Just let this promo be this person's own thing because it could be this person's best promo they've ever done. And Punk's matches, I think, a lot of people at the time thought they were like better at the time because when Punk was in WWE, like to him and Brian were some of the few like indie darlings that were in the company. Whereas they've hired so many guys through the NXT system from the independents. Mm. That the WWE work rate right now is so much higher at the latter part of the decade than it is at the that it was at the start. And personally, I don't know if Punk would fit in properly with a lot of the guys that they've brought in through NXT. I actually think he'd kind of feel like just another guy. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's that's a very fair point. That one I can understand. I can understand the being on the whole list, but obviously he's not. He's just missed out on the top uh, ten. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I, Already, we're already going into our top 10. Before we actually go into I'm just going to highlight a few names that surprised me personally. It never got any votes at all. One name in particular, John Moxley, who we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Not a single he's, vote for Dean. He's been there, but like, 
it's it's only been impactful for like the past year. Yeah, he's only ever been he's only ever felt like the third wheel of the shield in a way. I mean, which is a bit harsh to say, but I think he was more relevant as a as part of the shield as a group rather than as an individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's part yeah, of us like being he, the shield and then Omaha stakes, and that's it. <laughs> I feel like when he was, as you know, when they're singers, when he felt like the one out of the three that they didn't want to push, he just happened to at one point get a WWE title reign. Mm-hmm. He did get a very long US title reign, though, give him that. Yeah, yeah but then he once. barely defended it. Some other names maybe surprised me a wee bit. Uh, Seamus? Uh, yeah, yeah. The no, I think he was he, he, he was pushed too hard in like uh, the sort of start of the decade because I don't he just didn't suit a face character and it's only when he really sort of teamed with Cesaro as the bar that's when he started picking up again. But he did so much. He did so much. In that well, yeah, he did, he did so much, but I don't think the fans were buying into it. For me, Sheamus probably is one of the most underrated guys of this last decade, probably because he was pushed so hard so soon that people kind of soured on him. And so, from then on, when he was put in kind of a top position, like when he won the WWE title in like 2015, people were kind of just over like, oh, not Sheamus again. But I think his stuff with a bar, especially, has really shown people how great he actually is. Yeah, no, definitely. But see, that is some of the honourable uh, ones who just miss out on the list. He, uh, he had an amazing match at WrestleMania 27. Oh, 28. 28. 28, sorry. 27 was on the pre-show. I forgot about that, sorry, 28. Uh, so now, moving on to our top 10, and Kwaku, good to go to you on this one, because at number, with 18 points, it's Kofi Kingston. Yep. Was it 18 points, eh? sorry? <laughs> yeah, yep. so, uh, 18 points for Kofi Kingston, yeah. Gana's favourite son. Mm, absolutely, but you didn't rate, rate him as high as I thought you were going to rate him? No, because... Um, I'll have objective about some things. I'll, I'll repeat some things, but yeah, he's 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 just had a consistent decade. Like consistently kept himself on the agenda. He reinvented himself with a new day, brought it up a new level, and then just recently it just went to a whole new level. Shame about how the title was lost, but just the buy-in he's had and to consistently have such buy-in from people for more than 10 years you you can't you can't really not have him on your list yeah the other person on the panel who had them on his list was uh, scott you had him at yeah. number 10 yeah he's my number 10 guy because we, we do talk about how he was kind of there for the first half of the decade where he'd get these title reigns with like a random tag partner or he'd get a u.s title reign but it'd be kind of transitional the fact that he was always there, he was the consistent company guy for the first half of the decade and did whatever was asked of him. And then him and the New Day, like for the last part of the decade, they had the longest reign in title reign. They've been one of the biggest merchandise sellers, one of the most entertaining acts that he's probably ever had. And then obviously the whole story with, with the WWE Championship at WrestleMania 35, a match that if the rise of Becky Lynch in the women's division wasn't what it was, I believe that would have been the main event, him and Brian, and I don't think it would have looked out of place in the main event. And the fact that, like, the fact that he finally won the WWE Championship, he was a guy that people wanted to, but it started to feel like it never happened. And then by the end of the decade, like, even though he'd lost the title and, and kind of controversial circumstances for a lot of fans, the fact that he and the Rudy haven't stopped since then. They've got their podcast. They have the tie champions for the seventh time. They stole the show 
at TLC for and that ladder match against Survival. Like, I think again, what I said about Seth Rollins, the consistency of Kofi Kingston. Uh, it's an interesting one. He's, he, he was just picked out to number nine, though, by someone who came in at number three on Sarah's list, and it's a man in New Japan, Sakada. He's had he's had a great decade. He has had a decade. So uh, give give a wee bit of context about what what was your reasons for having Okada so high up on a list? Let's be honest, it's dominated mostly from our perspective on the WWE. I mean, when it comes to I was just like, again, I was looking at success. And like, when you look at his early career, I mean, like he had a brief stint in TNA. Yeah, maybe a little bit forgetful about that. But then when he returned to New Japan and made like that his his, his home again, I think when he became like the sort of it was I think it's when he decided that he was going to be the rainmaker, right? That yeah. villainous persona. I think that's what really elevated him. I mean, and when you look at like all of his credentials, I mean, it, at one point was the longest reigning IWGP heavyweight champion. And that was like in the middle of the decade. Like he's had a great feud with Jay White lately as well. Mm-hmm. And when you when you look at it, like half the sports things that have been ranking matches, I mean, when you look at it, like PWI, they went and ranked him number one in 2017, match of the year with Kenny Omega in 2017, match of the year with Kenny Omega in 2018, and feud of the year, and then like Tokyo Sports, for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years running, best bout for the Tokyo Sports Awards. Mm. So like, you, you can't, I don't think mm. you, you, you can, yeah, I don't think you can miss out Okada. Yeah, David, we know you're not a big uh, New Aye. Japan fan, but with, with what Sarah's just described there, he's, he's an obvious choice for this top 10 at least. Yeah, definitely. I mean, given his uh, his outstanding series of matches with Kenny Omega, I it just I think it just broke the internet as well at like how crazy those matches were. Because I, I think what was it Wrestle Kingdom two years in a row or something, or was it uh, Wrestle just Kingdom? The one, it's just the one Wrestle Kingdom they felt they fought. Right. They fought uh, Dominion was the other one. Yeah, Dominion was the other. A two out of three falls match that went best part of an hour. Uh, it just I mean, what what is there more to say? Yeah, Scott, you also rated the Okada quite highly. He was your number six. Yeah, he's my number six because he has pretty much been the franchise player of New Japan uh, from the whole decade. Because in 2011, he was doing this weird Green Hornet inspired gimmick that Vince Russo came up with in, 20, in TNA as part of his excursion. And then he comes back the following year, he kicks off that feud with Tanahashi winning his first IWGB heavyweight title and one of his first matches back from excursion. And it was around this time in 2012 where New Japan would get their current owners and this is when they would kind of catapulted into the mainstream again after kind of a poor period of business and it's kind of, I don't think it's any coincidence at the same time is when the Tanahashi Okada feud was very prevalent so I think it's a nice series of matches and then going on to the Kenny Omega series I think in terms of match quality and kind of storytelling Okada outside of there he's been one of the most talked about guys and most highly touted guys in terms of and those aspects. No, definitely. It's, it's a no-brainer to have him in this top 10, at least. A lot of people would probably listen to this show and say he should be higher, but obviously we're a more WWE-orientated audience, you know, mm-hmm. which is probably why he goes a wee bit lower on. But no, we, we can still acknowledge how great a decade he had, and he mm-hmm. comes in at number nine. Our next choice, who got a total of 22 points, 
and was only included in the top five of one of us on the panel. And that came from Dave, and it's Roman Reigns. Yep. 22 points. Only person to pick him in the top five on the panel, Dave. I know, it's, I mean, easily probably one of the most polarizing guys of the last few years, but you could say the same about Seth Rollins and the way he his, 20, his 2010 decade kicked off. Like, he came out all guns blazing as the muscle of the shield, and a lot of people were saying this is this is going to be the next big guy, and he's he did so well as well in his first Royal Rumble. You know, he sets the record for eliminating the most number of people in one match. He makes it to the final two, and obviously, you know, his booking hasn't been great because it sort of turned the fans against him as a result. But you can't overlook how consistently good he's done over the last decade. You know, he's main evented WrestleMania four years in a row. Uh, he's been heavily promoted as the company's guy, despite you know a ton of backlash from a good portion of fans. But I mean, it's it's hard to overlook him because you know he's he's won the WWE Championship. He's been US Intercontinental Tag Team Champion, Universal Champion. He's basically done the whole Grand Slam, except when a Money in the Bank match. And then, obviously, the, the bounce back he had from, from his leukemia as well at the end of 2018, it just goes to show like what a proper fighter he is in real life, not just the character Roman Reigns himself. So, again, definitely, same argument could be said with John Cena, is the fact that he has had a, a huge cultural impact, both in and outside the ring. Mm. Uh- Quacko, given, given how highly Roman Reigns has been pushed to the moon in the second half of the decade, is it a surprise that he's not made it higher up in this list? Not really, because that's the thing I was toying with. Yes, you can't deny that he's been a really top guy, but has has he got the investment like a top guy should? Apart from, yes, he's got the huge investment from like his uh, sales and what sales he gets, the Live shows is very popular and stuff, but in terms of like the more hardcore fans, he's not really had them along with them all the time. So that's what kind of put him down for me. Mm. Say about but you, you also didn't have them on your list. Again, I think. See, when I was looking at my list, I was looking at just like not just WWE. I was looking at like everything in general, and I think. Yeah, he probably, he definitely should have like, at least been in the top 10, um, considering that Christian was number 10 for me. But that was just purely selfish on my part. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, Scott, what about you? Yeah, I didn't have him on my list because I thought we can't put teams on. I think I need at least one member of the Shield to be up there. And I think Rollins just be out range. I think, as I said earlier, the consistency. I think in the latter half of the decade, Roman suffered from the same issues that Sheamus did, and the fact that he was pushed so hard so quickly. And I think that I think people's blind like dislike of Roman really caused them not really see how good his matches actually could be. Like his match quality against the likes of Braun Strowman, John Cena, AJ Styles, among others, like some of the best matches from like 2016 to 2017. But I think for me, the fact that I think for me, uh, the consistency of kind of Rollins, he, Rollins just missed out. Him and Brock Lesnar, I think, were the two guys that were just missed out on my top ten. Yeah, he got rated highest on it by from Allen at number three. So, just a, a bit of an interesting one there. Now, now move on 
to our next number uh, number seven uh, with a total of 28 points it's the highest ranking female and the first person of all the names I've said so far that made all of our five top ten it's Charlotte Flair woo oh jeez mm. uh, oh, Sarah I'll go to you on this one what's your thoughts uh, Charlotte had to be on this didn't she oh no definitely I mean when you when you look at women's wrestling in general the one name that really pushes itself apart from maybe AJ Lee but AJ would actually say was more the start of the decade towards the middle Charlotte has been from about 2012 onwards and she has been involved in pretty much everything that you can have to offer um, like she's been pushed to high heavens when it came to like takeovers like she was undefeated in takeovers for a wee while she's a record-breaking 10-time champion as well like that's not including the NXT championship is also technically 11 if you want to include NXT and when you look at just like the breakout star Charlotte you can you can not have Charlotte I mean she's been she's been there for everything and I think like headlining a pay-per-view headlining a Raw headlining Wrestlemania um, and she's been involved in so many of the first time ever's and like being champion during like the first Rumble having like that great Wrestlemania match with Asuka you, you can't like Charlotte I think Charlotte does she deserves to be really really high on this list yeah Quacker you had um you had her at number four. Mm-hmm. So you ranked her really high. Yep. What's Cause. Okay, she has just brought in something so new and so fresh. She's kept herself at the top. She's won pretty much every accolade except from the Tag Team Championship and the Royal Rumble. But I'm sure that will come in. Money in the bank. Yeah, she's not won money in the bank either. Thank you very much, Dave. Um, anyway, so yes, she's God's sake. You, whenever you say something, you think you're on a roll. He always has to come in and say one well, this one. Anyway, um, so <laughs> so I've lost my train of thought. Move on, please. <laughs> Scott, you had it at five. Stay yeah, <laughs> like in terms of like natural ability, in terms of both character and wrestling, I don't think any woman in the last decade has had that the combination of both of those things more so than Charlotte. I mean, you talk about how some wrestlers about how hard hard they're pushed and then some wrestlers who when you just watch them cutting a promo or watch them in the ring you can tell they've got the ability to back up, they've got the ability to justify the position that they are in. And Charlotte Flair is one of those people like it's very clear fans will very quickly notice that this person is not an ability the ability they should have to justify the position and that's when they will turn on somebody but Charlotte I think everybody could tell like she's one of the best women's wrestlers of, of the last decade probably she's up there for all time she was up there in our Mount Rushmore our female Mount Rushmore of all time and I think it's only a shame that she didn't really do much in the last half of 2019 because she was kind of floating about she was put randomly in a program for the tag titles even though the fact that she and Big weren't a proper tag team they'd been feeding for ages before that I think that would prevent her from being if that hadn't happened I think she'd be my top three I mean here's an interesting one for you you've got uh, Scott your brother Ross who always talked very highly about how Charlotte's the best women's wrestler to ever grace the planet did not include her in his top ten <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah, Beckett, yeah Beckett number ten <laughs> didn't have Charlotte in his number so, so, I, don't, I don't know what you want me to say I mean I don't know what my brother's thinking 
No one does. It just means that he's not allowed to keep going on and on and on about Charlotte being the worst, the best women's wrestler if you put Becky in at number 10 and Charlotte not at all. Mm-hmm. So there, there's, that's, that's a problem. No, but Charlotte is a deserving one in at number 7. Now, you might now not realise, guys, that we're now on to number 6 and we still haven't mentioned any of our ones that we put in at number 1. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So we're I think we've done, we done good here. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> You might, yeah, you probably may be starting to think who was obviously the one, it's the outlier. We'll find out in a minute, but you know the, the tension now be starting to rise now to see who was who had the best pick, who was the one that had number one. Well, it wasn't me because we're thirty nine points. <laughs> Seth Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel gutted that Seth did not get. No one else voted Seth a ten. <laughs> he got oh, voted in quite. Dear. He got voted in quite highly from a lot of our guys. I mean, Dave always had him at four. Yeah. Uh, Scott had him at nine. Uh, Quacko had him at five. Sarah didn't have him in at all. No. Mm-hmm. Al had him at four. And Jack had him at ten. Yeah, he's definitely in the top ten. I just... Just where, you know, that's the, the hard bit. Mm-hmm. I think some people may have not voted him partly because... Again, if some of his attitudes too much of the year online and some of the stuff he said. And Ross had him at five. So, he did get a lot across the board, but I think that what's a good thing there is there's a bit of a points difference in between Charlotte and Seth. That's a 12 point difference. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, definitive, what, top five? Uh, the top five, uh, well, that was that was number six at Seth. Oh, Ross. Number six, right, okay. Number five had a total of 43 points, was voted in the top. <laughs> I thought you were going to say 44 there. You don't think that big. Uh, no, he, this next he got this next one got voted by eight of the nine people who made votes, and it was Quacko's choice of Chris Jericho. You all know nothing. <laughs> you I all know nothing. Uh, you Scott know had nothing. Scott had him at two. Quacko obviously had him at one. Sarah had him at nine. Dave had him at seven. I had him at nine. Scott had no. Ross had him at three. Uh, pretty much avoided by nearly enough everybody. Jack had him at four. Who didn't have him? Uh, Alan. Damn it, Alan. Ooh. And Nathan had him at ten. <laughs> I just thought ten. Jericho would be closer to one than that. <laughs> so Jericho with forty-three points is number five. So next, next then with a total of forty-seven points at number four uh, was. He got voted in by seven of the nine people, so two people missed him out. It was John Cena. Yay! So he got voted number one by Dave. Yep. Uh, he also got voted by Scott at number seven. He got voted in by myself at number five. Ross at number four. Alan voted them. Alan didn't vote at all. Nathan had him at nine. Jack had him in at two. <laughs> I also had a minute too. You had a minute too as well, Sarah. Yes, you did. Yes, that's, that's what I, I was wondering then, I was like, have I miscounted really badly? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, so Dave, number yep. four for John Cena. You know what? I'll accept it because, I mean, as I, I basically said my argument at the start. It was like his cultural impact was second to none. I think maybe when he sort of maybe died down his appearances towards the the end of the decade, maybe that's what let him down. But you can't deny, you know, he's been one of the the key players, particularly around the sort of 2015 with the US Open Challenge. And he's been really, really good and like, he's been improving in the ring and really good at putting guys over. 
So, coming in now at number three, with a total... You can I just say, get people over, say that to the Nexus? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let's get down to the Nexus quicker. Don't <laughs> unanswer questions, I'll just like pop other with what is real wrestling. You've just read the mood, Quacker. So, um, our number three choice had a total of 57 points, so that's 10 points ahead of John Cena, was voted into the list of top 10 by eight of the nine people. It's Kenny Omega. Woo! So he came in at number three with zero people picking him as their number one choice. <laughs> Man. <laughs> that is something. Uh, Scott, I'll start with you on Kenny Omega. What a decade he's had. Yeah, definitely. I had him as my number four. And given the fact he's actually pretty quiet in the first part of the decade, he was competing in the junior division alongside Koa Bushi. Uh, he was competing in places like PWG, but I think from 2015 onwards, when he joined the Bullet Club, is when his star really played it off. Because he always had the ability, but I think more people took notice of it. And again, the consistency, the whole thing, the best bout machine, where 2016 he moved up to the heavyweights, he won the G1, the series wheel card, the matches with Jericho. And again, like it seems to be, like I think the fact some people, in their eyes, he's kind of gone down since that. Like he wasn't featured a lot in the start of AEW, and then he's been on a weekly TV show. I think he's still one of the best wrestlers uh, they have. I think in 2020, now that he's on a weekly TV show, I think he'll claim back up there again. Yeah, Dave. Obviously, you review the uh, AEW on the Wednesday Night Walls, but even yep. then, you still had Kenny Omega as your number six. Yeah, I mean, there's no denying, you know, Kenny Omega is arguably one of the the top guys of the of the decade. I think his time in AEWs. You know, although his record could be better, I think it's just because the fact he's not used to weekly sort of TV tapings. He's sort of more of a, it's kind of like Brock Lesnar. You know, you sort of bring him out for the big, the big events. But you know, as Scott said, his his stock really sort of started rising in 2016 when he kicked out AJ Styles of the Bullet Club, and then he goes on to win IWGP Intercontinental Title, the Never Open Weight Six Man Tag Titles with the Young Bucks. And, but I think this is probably one of the, the key points of his career. First non-Japanese winner of the G1 Climax. <laughs> You've done your research, Jesus. Yeah. Like, I know, well and, done, Dave. I know, as we mentioned with the As the host of the New Japan show, I can back up the that, that is correct, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and obviously we have to refer back to his outstanding feud with uh, Katsushika Okada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Quacker, you had Kenny at number three. I mean, you can't, you, it's just it, the, the the matches that man puts on is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Well, I I didn't include Okada on my list, and the reason was was because I felt like for me the Okada Omega thing was the big thing that put them in the agenda for me. And if I'm gonna pick one of the other, I would say who's made to me the bigger impact around the world, and that is Omega, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Sarah, what's your thoughts? You had him at number five. I mean, I love Kenny Omega. I absolutely love him. I mean, <laughs> it was also the fact that, like, see outside of wrestling, like, I, I keep going back to, like, outside of wrestling as well, because, like, he's done, like, loads and loads of things for, like, gaming as well. And I think that's probably, like, why I put him, like, quite high on my list. I was, like, wrestling, gaming, but, like, even from his debut, when, like, him and Kota Bushi were first put together and then later on in the decade when they reunited it, it, it basically refreshed everyone's memory of what happened at the very start of the decade as well so 
I think like consistently he has been like Okada and like many others have been just completely straightforward about absolutely everything and you can't deny that he is one of the best in the world. Oh, and that's it. That's summed up by the ratings here. We've got, so Sarah, you had them at number five. Kwaku had them at three. Scott had them at four. Dave had them at six. I had them at number two behind Seth Rollins. Uh, Jack and Jack and Nathan also had them at number... No, Jack and Alan had them at number two, sorry. Nathan had them at number seven. The only person that did put them in the top ten was Ross. So, there we go. Uh, but Ooh. Ross Ross did admit his list was very heavily WWE based on his interest, so that's yeah. fair. It's fair enough in that aspect of it. So please, internet, don't don't make Ross <laughs> your, the, the villain of the day. <laughs> yeah. but, so that uh, well, that's true, Scott. Very much so. Uh, so you now notice we're now on to our, our top two, and we have two members of the panel who still have not had their, their number one picks named yet. Mm. Uh, so the reason that these two scored pretty much in the top two is purely because they got voted as the number one wrestler of the decade by more than one person. Woo! So we obviously know that us five all picked separately, so it means that Ross, Nathan, Alan and Jack have picked one of these two as their number ones. Ooh, I can feel the tension. So the points were 63 and 68 respectively. Ooh, okay. The person who came in at number two got voted in the in the top ten by seven of the nine people. Got a came in the top three of every single one of those lists, and it's Daniel Bryan. Yeah, with sixty three points. So to give a bit of a summary on that one, Daniel Bryan got voted in at number two by Kwaku, first by Scott, second by Dave, third by me, second by Ross. Jack had him in at number one as well, and Nathan had him in at number three, and Alan had him in. Alan didn't have him in at all. So <laughs> Jesus, Alan. Again, poor, poor judgment by Alan. So Scott, not a bad, not a bad coming in there. No, it's all like. I mean, I mentioned about AJ. Uh, I mentioned earlier, like, there were a couple other guys who could have been my number one, but I think Brian, he's definitely been one of the top guys for the decade, I think, in terms of also fan support. And I think the fact that he was rated so highly by certain people like on this panel like shows that. Uh, so I'm happy with the number two. Yeah, definitely. But that means that number one, it is AJ Styles, which mm. was voted in by Sarah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh there yeah. Goes. So Sarah's not closing at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, it's a very well deserving spot. Like I said, he's 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 had he's had a very, to not excuse the pun, a phenomenal year. Well, his um his overall stats they weren't as well all tight knit together as Daniel Bryan's was. So obviously, Sarah, you had him at number one. The only person that yes. didn't include him was Kwaku. So Scott Scott had him at number three, as did Dave. I had him at number four. Ross had him at number one. Alan Good on you, Ross. Alan had him at number one. Good on you, Alan. Jack had him at number six, and Nathan had him at number one. Good so on you, Nathan. So he was voted number one by four of our nine team members. And the other the other ones agree with me because <laughs> he has had a phenomenal decade. So, guys, if we were actually looking at our overall top 10, we've got number one, AJ Styles, number two, Daniel Bryan, number three, Kenny Omega, number four, John Cena, 
Number five, Chris Jericho. Number six, Seth Rollins. Number seven, Charlotte Flair. Number eight, Roman Reigns. Number nine, shit, I can't pronounce his first name. Okay, Adam. Thank you. And at number ten, Kofi Kingston. Uh, guys, what do you think of our overall top ten? I'm happy with list. it. Yep, solid list. Can't argue with that. Really. Would you be ashamed to put that list out there to the, the wrestling world? Not at all. Never, never. Because it's all well. First of all, it's our opinions, and they can suck it. <laughs> Looking at that list, by the way, that, that is pretty much my top ten. Except if uh, in my top ten, I swapped out Roman for Drew. Um, Sarah, please don't be head of PR for ESSR. Please. <laughs> it's our opinion, so suck it. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think the fact that we were able to throw a whole bunch of names out there and basically narrow it down, I because that's what we do here. We debate, you know, we share opinions, and I think we've come to a pretty pretty good compromise here especially that we're not we've admitted you know we're, we're sort of more favorable to wwe but the fact that we've included folks from like a wide range of promotions i think that pretty much you know covers it i've, I've got one quick question for you all you guys before we round off this show we're at the start now of 2020 obviously we can't predict what's going to happen in wrestling over the next 10 years but based on the current crop of wrestlers at this particular point if there was anyone that you would pick to be the best wrestler of the next decade who would it be? I'll start with Keith Scott. Lee. So Scott goes with Keith Lee. <laughs> uh, Dave, who would you go with? Adam Cole, baby. Uh, oh, for God. Um, I'm going to go with Tommaso Ciampa. Oh, very interesting. Sarah? Uh, I'm also going to go with Tommaso Ciampa. Mm, I'm going to go with Will Osprey. Mm. Okay. I, think he, mm. I think he's a solid shout. And Evil Uno. <laughs> Joindarkholder.com So so yeah that, that has been our best wrestlers of the last decade from 2010 to 2019 if you agree with this one or disagree with us please let us know who your top 10 is let us know if you disagree with any of our top 10 let us know if you think Evil Uno should be in that, that, that list <laughs> please Please let us know in any form of social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, darkorder.com. You leave my you leave my fear my fearless leader alone. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and also this is please let us know if you disagree with the top ten or agree with it. And if you think who else you think should be included that we've not mentioned here on this particular show, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Suplex Retweet. And if you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe to us on any form of uh, podcasting sites. We've got so much great stuff coming up over 2020 which includes our show next week where Sarah will be leading a panel to talk about AEW one year on from their inception at this time last year yeah it's going to be it's going to be a great show we're going to be talking about the past 12 months since the since basically it broke the internet that being the elite and it's going to be AEW so we're going to be talking about absolutely everything in the past year can't wait for it including the dark order <laughs> I mean, if they come up, they come up. But... <laughs> nah, no, seriousness. Uh, that's, that's a good show. Then we enter Royal Rumble season, which kicks off the week after with our always chaotic Royal Rumble quiz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got the Shawn Michaels here is going to be throwing you all out again. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to be like actively. You can't say anything 44. You called it. Oh, wow. Anyway. Uh oh. <laughs> So that's coming up in the next couple of weeks on Eat Sleep Suplex Street Tweet. <laughs> I would now like to thank my panel who have joined me for this very fun look back at the last decade. First of all, Sarah. Thank you very much. And to Scott. 
you. Dave. Thank you. Wacker. Thank you. We hope you've had a very pleasant holiday period and we hope to look forward to hearing more from you across 2020. We will see you next week. Stop whatever you're doing right now. You've only got one choice. This is Billy Kirkwood. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online. You should be subscribing. You should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Get on it!